When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the World Trade Organization? What kind of things does it do? And how does it regulate trade? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. up on our lesson about sanctions, I thought it would be helpful to also take a look at the World Trade Organization and most importantly, what it does and what it is. Sanctions, as we learned from our guest, are like an international economic bomb. So naturally, it would make sense to explore their impact on international trade and relationships. But who manages that? That's where the World Trade Organization comes in. What forms of trade does the WTO regulate? When does it get involved? There are so many questions to answer. So luckily for us, here to talk me through all of it is senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics, Jeff Schott. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on Getting Schooled. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you know, I I was looking at your resume and it is very decorated. You've done a lot of things. So can we just start off with what exactly is your background just before we get into World Trade Organization? Well, I've been a practitioner in government, a trade negotiator and a uh, uh, U.S. official working on energy and economic sanctions. Uh, and uh, for the past uh, 40 years, I've been outside advising government and uh, analyzing uh, uh, international trade and uh, sanctions policies, what was- uh, trying to trying to make things work better. <laughs> That's important. We want to get things to work for sure. Uh, what was the last thing you did when you were in government? Well, I actually was working on the energy front during the second oil crisis. Uh, at the start of the Reagan administration. And there we had uh, an effort to try to halt the construction of the Soviet gas pipeline to Europe and try to institute sanctions to block that construction because we were concerned about Europe becoming too dependent on Mm. Russian gas resources. Sounds familiar. familiar? It does. That it does. Um, I actually I want to dive into that a little bit um, in a bit because I am curious what your thoughts are about the sanctions that's going on in Ukraine and Russia. But first, let's, I guess, start with um, what is the World Trade Organization? Well, it is uh, a, an institution that brings together over 160 countries uh, that abide by a set of world trading rules and that have committed to each other to open their markets to varying degrees uh, to allow trade and investment uh, to each other. I see. And then why in the first place was it formed? Was there something that happened that made everyone go, you know what, it's probably time we have an organization that deals with the rules of trade between nations? Well, yeah, actually, it, it, it's 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 a long history because it happened right after World War II. 
when countries got together and led by the United States and said, we need to find a way to get our economies back on track and to, to find some rules that will provide some security and predictability so that businesses will be able to trade and invest uh, more openly. And uh, there actually was an, an effort uh, to craft a international trade organization, uh, a big uh, uh, global institution comparable to the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. Uh, but it failed because Congress uh, uh, didn't uh, approve its charter. And uh, so for several decades, we had an interim organization uh, that basically handled the administration of international trade rules, uh, but did not have the firm institutional capabilities. Mm. That changed in the 1990s. Got, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm also thinking about the fact that overall incomes, for instance, can rise. I saw that according to the U.S. government, trade opening since 1945 has boosted U.S. annual incomes by a trillion dollars. That's $9,000 per household. So what impact does the WTO have on the economy? Well, it does provide uh, a greater opportunity for private businesses uh, to trade and invest uh, across borders and to grow a market. Uh, I mean, if we had to rely just on the growth opportunities of, of uh, trading and investing in the United States, we would be a lot smaller economy than we are today. Mm -hmm. And my colleague actually did that uh, calculation of the trillion dollar gain from uh, uh, global engagement. And uh, it's actually an understatement because uh, that was done that uh, calculation was done about 20 years ago. And since then, we've had a lot more uh, happening and a growth in the economy. And you can add quite a bit more to those gains for the American household from the United States being globally engaged. Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's interesting that you bring that up because obviously times have changed. And, and as we progress further along in our future, it's going to change again. So that number is, is obviously we're going to see that uh, reflect that also. Who runs the World Trade Organization? How does all of this work? Well, that's a great question. And if you ask any of the countries that are a member of the World Trade Organization, they will answer very clearly, they run it. <laughs> uh, and it is a member-driven organization. Uh, it has a, uh, uh, a director general who heads a very small secretariat, a staff of uh, experts on, on, on trade and investment policies. Uh, but uh, the director general of the WTO has much less authority and, and leverage to influence the policies of member countries mm -hmm. than does the head of the International Monetary Fund or the World Bank, because they're sitting on a, uh, on a bucket of money that they can give out to countries if they do what the organization asks. Okay, so where does that money come from? Well, the, the WTO doesn't have the money <laughs> and, in fact, is, is, works on a very tight budget. Uh, the World Bank and, and, and the International Monetary Fund have shares and, and contributions that have been put in by each of uh, all of the members. So it's, it's quite a different uh, uh, instit international institution than the World Trade Organization. I see. And then uh, just in terms of what 
the WTO can do? If, if you're just boiling it down to simple terms, I know that's a really broad question, but you know, I'm thinking about protectionism, food, cost of doing business internationally. What is the primary goal of the WTO? Well, it is to pr- improve economic welfare uh, for all the peoples in the, in the, the member countries. Uh, and how do you do that? You do that uh, by the set of rules that are established, by being a forum for uh, updating the rules uh, when needed, as, as the uh, uh, technologies change and as the source, ways of doing business uh, evolve, you need to change the rules, uh, by being a forum for the resolution of disputes between member countries. Uh, and uh, and providing information that allows countries, that allows individual businesses, allows workers to better uh, understand what is going on and the opportunities available in global markets. Yeah, I, if there's ever a time to need the WTO, it's right now that's with everything that's going on in Russia, Ukraine, trade is extremely affected. And then you mentioned your role in the, the first, if you're going back to, um, you know, the, the sanctions against the Soviet Union and the gas pipeline to Europe. What are your thoughts on all of this and how does the WTO react in an instance like this? Well, you're absolutely right that there's probably no greater time that we need the WTO than today. Mm. And unfortunately, there's probably no time in the post-war period that the trading system has been weaker than it is today and unable uh, to make progress on addressing the problems. I was a trade negotiator and helped write many of the world trade rules on subsidies uh, back in in the Tokyo round in the 1970s. And while we were addressing problems that were evident in the 60s and the 70s, there of course are a whole new range of problems and issues that arise with the advent and the growth of the economy of China and and other uh, state controlled economies. And so the rules need to be updated uh, to meet the current conditions of the 21st century uh, and to deal and to make sure that we have a level playing field so that U.S. firms are not disadvantaged by competing against foreign subsidized firms. But it's hard to do that when you are trying to get together uh, countries that uh, have to agree among, among the whole group on a change in the rules. And there was a big effort to to update the rules right at the start of the World Trade Organization when it was was officially established in 1995. Uh, But the first big round of trade negotiations called the Doha round uh, ended in failure uh, because the rich countries and the poor countries couldn't get together to address the, uh, their different priorities. Mm. Uh, and uh, so we've had these festering problems that have only gotten worse, uh, whether it be the uh, uh, subsidies provided to state-owned enterprises in China or the cons- distortions to uh, agriculture resulting from various protectionist policies uh, in agriculture in rich and poor country alike. 
and now we also are not able to address the new problems that come up in trying to organize and govern uh, an exciting new area of international trade with uh, that uh, evol evolves around the digital economy, where tremendous amount of activity is, is taking place and where there's great opportunity for growth for rich and poor country alike. So what does it look like then if you are in the, let's say you're in the office at the WTO, wherever the offices are, and you hear about Russia invading Ukraine, what does your day look like? What are you trying to figure out and who are you contacting? Well, for the people in the WTO, working in the WTO in Geneva, or uh, trying to get work done uh, uh, with other countries who are members of the WTO, whether it be in Washington or Tokyo or Beijing or anywhere, uh, it's a nightmare because you need the uh, ability to get everyone to the table and decide to make uh, 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 decisions, reach agreements that are that improves everybody's uh, economy. And right now we're in a situation where a good chunk of the world is imposing very onerous sanctions, economic sanctions, to stop doing business with Russia. Uh, entirely justified, obviously, uh, given the atrocities of the Russian military mm -hmm. in Ukraine but making it difficult to use the WTO. Uh, right now, when meetings take place in Geneva among the uh, more than 160 countries in the, of the WTO, if the Russian ambassador enters the room, many countries walk out of the room. Uh, and uh, so you're not able to get anything done in those, in those circumstances. And it's going to make it very difficult for trade ministers to get together and reach any type of an agreement uh, on, on moving the world trade system forward. Uh, and their next meeting is, is scheduled in about six weeks from now. Mm. Uh, and it is getting increasingly difficult to see how anything significant is going to come out of that session. Right. You, you mentioned uh, that the trading system is weaker today. Why is that? Because we haven't been able to update the rules, because the dispute settlement system uh, hasn't been updated. And as a result, the United States and other countries have basically disabled the appeals process mm. that had been an integral part of the system that provides binding uh, enforcement of uh, dispute settlement rulings. And so without a, uh, uh, with this disabled appellate body in, uh, in the WTO, there, it's very difficult to get uh, enforcement or authorization to enforce uh, uh, actions uh, in, uh, that counter violations of WTO obligations. Okay. Uh, so, so what you were saying about the fact that rich countries and poor countries can't agree that has been one of the issues is that why this set of rules has not been approved yet or we have not had a new set of rules yeah i mean it it, it all works together mm -hmm. uh you, you you have to have an updating of the rules and you have to have an updating of the procedures that enforce the rules 
And if you don't have a working dispute resolution system, then nobody is going to put much value in uh, adding to the rule book and the rule uh, trade obligations because you have no guarantee that those rules are going to be enforced. So what do they bring you? And so you have to do both. You have to update the rules and you have to uh, resolve the differences on the procedures and, and, and scope of uh, the jurisdiction of the dispute settlement process. And that's something where the United States has taken a pretty hard line over the years and has been one of the main drivers in breaking down the appellate body, using that as leverage to try to get other countries uh, to look more carefully at updating and improvements in the rules and procedures for dispute settlement. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. We talked about Russia and Ukraine and sanctions and all of that. But when does the WTO get involved? What factors might influence the way that the organization gets involved in trade negotiations? And how does it respond to those sanctions? Well, in the case of Russia and Ukraine, what we have is military conflict. And uh, each, each member of the WTO uh, has accepted the rule book uh, in its totality. But one of, the, one of the rights of the WTO is to say, I can walk away from the, oblig- the trade obligations if there is a concern about my own national security. Hmm. And so there is an article of the WTO, Article 21, uh, which has a longstanding history in post-war trading systems, uh, but really reflects in part uh, some of uh, US legislation like the Trading with the Enemy Act, where basically uh, you can get a, get out of your trade obligations if you have a national security concern. And so uh, countries have basically been taking actions against Russia now uh, because uh, uh, they cite national security uh, is much more important uh, and they are going to basically uh, push aside their trade obligations in the in the in the broader interests of uh, uh, the national security and getting a halt to the Russian aggression. Oh, that's interesting. So then, is there anything? So obviously, you know, Russia is going to do what it wants. But is there anything binding where, if if one of these other countries said, you know what, I want to get out of my trade obligation, there's a national security concern for us. Russia can technically retaliate against the them, right? Or is there something that the WTO does that keeps them honest and says, hey, we're going to punish you if you punish the country for pulling out of your trade obligation? No, I think you have it exactly right, Abby. Uh, basically, we've already done that. Uh, the United States has withdrawn uh, most favored nation treatment 
meaning that uh, we are obligated to treat Russia the same way as we treat other members of the, of the WTO. Well, uh, uh, very recently we said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, Russia is going to pay much higher tariffs uh, if they, if, if you could even finance any trade with Russia mm. these days. Yeah. And, uh, and many other countries have also withdrawn uh, most favored nation treatment. And Russia has retaliated in kind. And they said, okay, then we're going to discriminate against your trade. But of course they won our trade and we're not giving it to them. Right. It sounds like this dance <laughs> is dance that you have to do with other countries. Well, it, it, these are legal obligations, but they're, this type of obligation is easily broken. So then do, do those countries come to the WTO then and say, we want to pull out of our trade obligations? Is it a process that they have to file with the WTO? Well, there is notification, uh, though there aren't actually notification requirements under Article 21. Uh, but... Uh, the, the other thing that could be done is Russia could file a, a Article 21 case against the United States and Europe and Japan and others and, and, and claim uh, these actions are taken, have been taken illegally. Uh, very few countries have ever filed cases under Article 21 uh, because nobody wanted to open up this Pandora's box uh and 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 not know what was going to happen and of course what has happened with the uh, use of article 21 is that more and more countries are using it to get out of their trade obligations mm. whether there's a national security uh crisis or not uh now just to show you that history has a sense of humor uh one of the few instances where there actually has been uh, adjudication of an Article 21 case occurred over the past decade. And who were who were, who was the plaintiff and, and respondent? Russia and Ukraine. No way. And that happened, of course, uh, after the last uh, uh, Russian incursion uh, in Crimea. And uh, wow. and then Russia stopped, you know, blocked the flow of, of Ukrainian goods uh, and uh, there, there was a, a legal case that, that was not appealed, so it became finalized. So as weird as it sounds, uh, uh, the WTO was not very helpful in, uh, in clearing the air uh, between these two countries. Right. But if you look at it in general, it seems like the World Trade Organization does play a very influential role in trade and, and helps a lot of countries. So... Are there countries, uh, you said it was over 160 countries, right, that are part of the 160. 160. Over 160. Okay. Uh, what countries aren't members and why wouldn't they want to be members? You don't have to name all very, of the countries, but if there's a notable one, maybe. Very few countries are, 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 are not members. Uh, and those that aren't members, most of them are applying for membership. So one of the one of the countries that currently is applying for membership, and that uh, process now been blocked, is Belarus. Um. Uh, Russia, uh, for many years, was not a, a member of of the WTO, but it was admitted uh, earlier this century. Uh, 
so there are a few other uh, countries that are that, that are still in the process of accession, uh, and uh, but uh, it suffice it to say that most countries want to be in, right. uh, even even Belarus. Uh, now, what has happened is that in principle. If you have a, a body, uh, an international institution that is rules-based and not power-based, it protects the weaker countries. And so it is meant to ensure that developing countries' rights are safeguarded in the international system uh, uh, to guard against the uh, actions by a powerful country, let's say Russia or China, telling them, uh, if you don't do this, we're going to make your life miserable. Mm. And so you're going to do it our way and not uh, not the way that may be in the best interest of your people. So the rules have protected the weak. But the uh, the fact that the rules haven't been updated, they've they've basically the value of those rules have eroded over time. And so as the WTO becomes less and less effective, the developing countries are the first ones to feel the pain. Is it hard to become a member of the WTO? Not if you abide by all of its mm. rights and obligations, and and are, are and negotiate a uh, uh, a uh, uh, a deal with uh, to allow uh, sort of the the, uh, the way that your foreign goods will be able to enter your market. But of course, for most uh, 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 trading nations, that has been done in, during the post-war period. And so the ones that uh, are on the outside are the ones that have been least evolve, uh, involved in the international economy and are now trying to open up as a means of providing a new source of economic growth and stability for their for their people. Okay. And then... Um... We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier uh, in in terms of sanctions, but what role does the WTO play in either enforcing or lifting sanctions? Are they the middleman or do they have the jurisdiction to actually implement those sanctions? They're 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 actually on the sidelines, except in the specific instance of uh, cases involving Article 21. Mm. And uh, uh, they can. They can, uh, the WTO can be a forum for consultations and mediation, uh, but this is not happening on the level of, of uh, trade ministers. Uh, this is really happening at, at a much higher political level uh, involving uh, foreign ministers, heads of, you know, finance ministers, heads of state. And uh, uh, it's it's above the pay grade of many of the people who work at the at the WTO. Mm, okay, and then just to wrap things up, Jeff, this is this has been great, and I think it's important for people to know. But when when you're if you're just a, a person right now listening to this podcast, sitting on let's say your couch, why does knowing about the World Trade Organization matter to you? Well, I think it matters because. We have we've neglected it for too long, and the benefits that really are are taken for granted by most people—the ability to go and 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 buy goods from other countries, the fact that those goods 
uh, allow you to take your your hard-earned dollar and, and spend it uh, more more efficiently and effectively and buy more goods. Uh, that that those benefits could be taken away from us, or 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 those benefits could be weakened quite a bit if we don't take steps uh, to try to work to strengthen, to update, modernize uh, the rules-based trading system. And this hasn't been a priority uh, for, for unfortunately, I, I, I have to say, uh, for, for many governments, including our own, uh, for in, in the recent past. And we need to find a way to invest in uh, in strengthening the trading, the rules-based trading system, so that others will follow the rules, and those rules are basically based on U.S. law, practice, and U.S. values, and that's something that uh, we've we've forgotten over the over the years, that the trading system was was basically molded by the United States and its laws and values. And uh, it provides a wonderful and, and invaluable uh, channel uh, for exercising U.S. soft power on the world economy. Wonderfully put, uh, Jeff. I appreciate your time. It is true. I mean, we we have a lot of luxuries being in the United States, spending power, things like that, that, you know, we, we often take for granted because we don't know what goes into actually making it available to us to make that happen. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining. And we'll have to have you on again. Thank you very much, Abby. I look forward to it. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about the World Trade Organization. Number one, the WTO was formed right after World War II, led by the U.S., who said we need to find a way to get our economics back on track. Today, it brings together over 160 countries to open their trade to one another, and it provides greater opportunity for private businesses to trade across borders. Number two. The WTO is a member-driven organization. It has a director general who has a staff of experts on trade investment policies. The organization as a whole works to improve economic welfare for all of the people in the member countries. And number three, an instance where the WTO can get involved in sanctions has to do with Article 21, which has a long-standing history in post-war trading systems. It basically says a country can get out of its trade obligations if there's a national security concern, and we're seeing that now with the Russia-Ukraine war. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on the World Trade Organization. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity Podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.